All right, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Another Day, Another Adventure, a podcast dedicated to uh, basically all things Dragon Ball, specifically in its anime form. I'll come up with something a little catchier at some point. That sounds a little too... I, I don't know. This is this is the first episode of our podcast. I am your host, Colton, and with me is my co-host, uh, Bomber D. Rufi, otherwise known as uh, Sakaki, or Kiribon on Twitter. How's it going, buddy? It's going good, and just for simplicity's sake, you can call me Sakaki. Everybody else does. <laughs> I probably should. I probably should just get to calling you Sakaki at this point because, like, I mean, un- unfortunately, I-, I know you as Bomber just because I, I th- this was this was before you started becoming more active on Twitter. So, like, I'm I'm just I'm just used to referring to you as such. But like, I should really I should really get with the times. Nobody calls you Bomber except me, really. To be fair, like, I have two friends that call me Bomber Dude, so you're not far off. I mean, Bomber D. Rufy is my translation name, and honestly, nowadays I'm kind of, like, transitioning from doing translations for scans to doing, like, the official stuff. Not official, but at least in an official capacity for Shonen Sunday. So that I use my Sakaki name for, so... I mean, Bomber's fine. Whichever one you anybody feels comfortable with. But yeah, as Colton said, Sakaki's the name I'm more active on Twitter under. I mean, look, we, we got to come up with something for consistency's sake. Otherwise, this is going to be a giant headache. So we'll just call you <laughs> Sakaki from now on. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll call you Bomber off, Mike. Uh, okay. Sure, why not? Um, But yeah, no, this is... uh. Yeah, this is basically going to be our attempt to watch everything Dragon Ball we can. Uh, you know, we're, we're not going to go through the whole rigmarole. We basically uploaded an episode zero just to kind of get out of the way what we want to do with this podcast and whatnot. But just to kind of keep it short, I have not seen every episode of every Dragon Ball TV series. And I, I want to fix that because I'm a huge fan of the manga, but like, I feel like I should... I feel like I should just watch all the anime. Like, I've been wanting to for a long time, and I just feel like I should. And at this point, the only way I can get done with anything is if I dedicate a podcast to it. Because I am I feel like I have a disease where I have to podcast about everything at this point. <laughs> you just want to share the love in, in difficult times. That's totally that's totally admirable. And, uh, you know, basically I have Sakaki with me because I, some, someone's got to do this with me. Um I mean, hey, why not me, who is basically exclusively watched the anime? <laughs> Although I haven't watched I haven't watched DBZ since it basically aired on Toonami a million years ago. Like I was one of those high school kids that was watching the original airing. <laughs> so and I haven't really watched DBZ since then. I own the DB box sets, but as we went over in the inaugural episode. Um but yeah. I, other than that, I don't have anything Dragon Ball. So this will be my first time. And as I mentioned before, I, this will be my first time really going through Z in Japanese when we get that far. Yeah. So again, we we, we, we go over all this in, in our episode zero, which, you know, if, if, if you want more context as to like what we have and haven't watched, we go we go over all of that there. Uh, but essentially, there are parts of the Dragon Ball franchise that we haven't watched in its animated form. And in short, I'm planning on being as thorough as I can. I literally want to watch just everything, or at least anything we can, anything that's available in English anyway. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess we can we can still talk about, like, I guess as far as the original Dragon Ball anime goes. Um, 
I explained before that uh, basically I've only ever gotten like 30 episodes in. And I, th I think every time I've tried to watch this, that's as far as I get. And I think the first time I tried to go through the anime, I, I had already read through the manga at that point, obviously. And uh, I, I, think, I think the first time I tried to go through this series, it, it was actually the first time I had signed up for, for Netflix. Uh, that was, I just, I just remember, uh, man, I'm trying to think. When I signed up for Netflix, that was back in like, I want to say 2010, 2011. Um, so I've, I, I remember Netflix being a pretty new thing, at least like new-ish thing back then. Um, it, it wasn't the thing that we're all used to having, you know, in millions and millions of homes across the world, you know, at this point. Um, and when Netflix was mostly, mostly a DVD service and like kind of transitioning into streaming, I remember getting the DVD subscription and, you know, just kind of, like, adding whatever I can to my queue and seeing, like, oh, I can rent Dragon Ball DVDs using this. Like, that ought to be cool. And so, yeah, that that's basically how I kind of, like, started off watching Dragon Ball. And, like, I, I tried watching it on my own. And maybe we'll get to some of my criticisms or, at the very least, like, what turned me off from the anime. Maybe the first time I tried to watch it. But, like, in short, I, I wasn't really super into it. So I, I just kind of lost the interest and gave up on it because it's also one of those things where it's like, I've read the manga, like, I don't, I don't really need to watch this. I can really be watching something else. Like, that was kind of my mindset back then. Um, the second time I watched it, I think I actually tried to watch this. Uh, I, I tried to watch Dragon Ball with one of my ex-girlfriends, which, you know, that was fun while it lasted. Um, but, uh, you know, eventually we just kind of stopped doing that. And I, I, I think I did the weird thing and like... I think I started watching Dragon Ball with her, but then I got to a point where I was like, let's just go to Kai. I think I just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't really know what I was thinking back then. Um, and so, yeah, I, and I, I think I'm currently watching it with a friend of mine because I thought, hey, I, you know, I, I want to watch this with my friend. She she knows what Dragon Ball is, but she there are parts she hasn't seen either. And now I'm just at the point where I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to podcast about this. Um and so, yeah, I, technically, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm like on my third watch of this. I'm on my third attempt at trying to like actually finish this thing. But uh, you know, I will give the Dragon Ball anime this. You know, e even with my issues with it that I had back then, I still, I, I still had a fun time watching it compared to the first time I tried watching GT, where I literally watched through like the first thirteen episodes and I just kind of kept falling asleep through most of them and I just kind of gave up. Um. But yeah, that's uh, so hopefully this will be the first time I actually go through all 153 episodes of Dragon Ball and actually like watch all of them at the, uh, you know, for once. But like the bomber, I th this is this is going to be like, I guess, your area of exp expertise, because uh, you've you've watched this basically this portion of the franchise like a lot, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I guess to explain my backstory a little bit, I again... It, it definitely dating myself here. I watched it back when it used to air at like 6 a.m. on TV, like with the ocean dub. Wow. Of course, back then, I really didn't even know what anime was. It just looked like another cartoon to me. So, And we only had the first 13 for years. I thought we had more than that. But it basically went up to um, Goku going, you know, full going full ape, going full DK. And that's it. That was the last episode forever. <laughs> hmm. So... 
Um, it wasn't until years, years, years later when Dragon Ball was a big deal. And then, you know, of course, we all know Funimation, you know, Ocean did Z, then Funimation took over Z. And then once it became a runaway hit, then they were like, yeah, you know, I guess we could do the other stuff, too. <laughs> so and then they did that. And that's when they released DVDs. And I was on a big like eBay kick for a while where I was like getting like full series on eBay for like obscenely low prices <laughs> so i think i saw like um all of the dragon ball all of the box sets on ebay for like i want to say maybe a hundred a hundred bucks i mean they're used but they're in pre- i mean they're in pretty good shape they're definitely used but they're in good shape and i was just like yeah i like dragon ball i mean i wasn't i was again part of the reason why i haven't seen z again is just because i really wasn't interested in seeing it again <laughs> Though, again, doing the podcast with Colton and everybody for the manga has rekindled my interest. And even today, I was talking to another friend before we came and we started recording. I was like, man, I really need to get Kai. I've been buying a bunch of anime since I've been stuck at home, (laughs) you know, doing a lot of um, quarantine shopping. (laughs) And like, that was the one thing. And I totally forgot about buying Kai. And then I remember I was like, damn, yeah, I want to I do want to get Kai at some point. So I will get that. But yeah. So I have the the box sets. I bought them and then I watched them once. I want to I don't remember exactly when I got them. I want to say it was like probably 20 2014 is when I got them. And so I watched all of them that time. Then I watched them maybe one more time in like 2016 and then I watched them again in 2018. So I mean yeah, as Colton says I have been through them quite a few times. So yeah, and even today I watched it again and it was the watch the first episode again and, and it was fun. I mean definitely I'm more I'm more into when Goku was a kid and having adventures than when he was an adult and fighting aliens. So that that was more my my more my thing. But definitely after reading the manga again for the other podcasts for Manga Mavericks, I definitely was like, Okay, I, I think I'm ready to revisit Goku as an adult now. So definitely I'm looking forward to when we'll get to those get to that get to that point well uh, unfortunately that that might take us a while yet but yeah <laughs> y- you know for now i'm 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 excited again because i i really just want to like i just i i also just want to be able to watch this first series and be like hey i finally did this and uh i i've tried not to look too deeply but like i didn't realize like how much anime only material was uh was was included with this show so like i'm really interested to get to some of that stuff so so hopefully this won't just be like uh you know i might have mentioned in the last episode i really don't want this to be like uh i don't want this to be too direct of uh hey look at the anime and how it's not as good as the manga kind of thing you know um i don't want to get too bogged down into comparisons between one or the other um and i i really I really want to try to be able to talk about the anime like as its own product, but I mean, like, also th- th- there there may be one or two times where like we mention the manga because that's going to be impossible to not mention the manga at all. But we'll, we'll try to strike a balance. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, we might as well just start talking about this first episode, and uh, we're only going to be covering the first episode. Uh, on this episode of the podcast, um, I think we're going to try to take small bites of the show here and there. And by that, I mean, uh, we're only going to be covering so much per episode. But eventually, I, I want to get to the point where, like, maybe we cover, like, four episodes of the show in one episode, maybe. That would be nice. Maybe even five. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how much I want to cover. But uh, 
Uh, for now, I thought we'd take it slow and just kind of talk about episode one, which uh, I guess just to kind of like, just to kind of dive right in, how do we feel about this episode as the first episode of a show? I guess just in general. Like, if you were a kid back in like, uh, when did this come out? I think 1986? You know, what's funny, Colton, is was I was a kid in 1986. <laughs> <laughs> I was two years old, but I think I, I think I qualify. <laughs> but, uh, you, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I keep I keep forgetting that you were alive back then and I wasn't. So I was. uh, <laughs> there's that. Um, I, I guess like, just, just in general, if you, if you were a kid and you and you caught this episode on TV and you watched it, you know, I guess how well do you think would it would it have done its job? Would, would you want to watch more of this? Just hypothetically speaking. I think I would have. I one thing I noticed when I was watching the episode was like it felt like it explained a lot of its. It explained a lot of the lore very in, in that one episode. So which yeah, I, I of course I haven't read the manga f- for it. I mean, or well, I should say I skimmed through the beginning of the manga, so I don't know if this was all in chapter one or how much of this first episode. Th- this how is, much. Th- this is basically all of chapter one. Okay. So it didn't do like two chapters or something. Okay, that's good to know. So like then I guess if the manga did the same thing, one thing I one thing I did like was that yeah, the manga did this thing well, the episode, I should say, did this thing where like it set up everything. You know what you're going into, what the characters are doing, what their motivations are and everything like that. So there's no by the time episode 1 is finished, you know more or less what to expect. Yeah. And in terms of, like, setting things up, too, you also get a good idea of, like, you know, just how different both Goku and Bulma are. You know, literally, Goku literally being a little boy uh, living in the woods and fending for himself, hunting for his own food and whatnot, chopping his own firewood. And then you have Bulma, who's a real city girl who just could drive her own car and carry her own gun, I guess. Which I, I I know that's like a thing that like I I I know a lot of people have like kind of zeroed in on at this point, so it's 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 not really like a new observation, but it is it is pretty wild, you know. Thinking back in retrospect, how Bulma does just kind of shoot a kid. That was something I actually was talking to a friend about, which was like, hold on, like, can you imagine if this kid wasn't Goku? <laughs> <laughs> like she would have killed him that would have been it that would have been dragon ball <laughs> that, that 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 kid's death would just be on her conscience and that's i mean of course like obvious or, 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 or maybe or maybe not she's she, she's a 16 year old girl so i don't know maybe maybe she i don't I look i don't know how 16 year old girls work maybe maybe they can maybe they can fend off their guilty consciences better than we can i don't know <laughs> Well, if anime sixteen-year-old girls are anything to go by, I would agree with you there. But yeah, she just <laughs> she just up and pull she just up and pulled a gat on this kid, and that was it. Like if he wasn't Goku, that be we would have there wouldn't be much of a series to speak of. No, this would be a really short series. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I I guess that is kind of like a character establishing moment that like she is out to get these Dragon Balls and is ready to take down anything that get, will get in her way. I mean, although she ultimately, you know, decides, hey, okay, this kid's pretty strong. I mean, he got hit by a car and got shot and he's still walking around like nothing happened. And so clearly he needs to be my bodyguard. Yeah, I mean, that's another difference between the two of them is that Goku is very naive and innocent, whereas Bulma's a little more worldly and 
a lot more manipulative and basically will use anything to her advantage. Yeah. And, and I mean, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, you gotta love, you gotta imagine the fact that they went from this to being kind of like really close, <laughs> like as the, as a series, as a franchise develops like that. Go- Although Bulma's like agency in the series diminishes greatly, you could still, I mean, there's Goku and Bulma are still very close years later, you know, generations later, they're still pretty close. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as far as the rest of the series goes, like, you know, she's at least like around and she's like, she still contributes here and there. But I mean, I, I get what you mean. Like she, she is, she is like, cause obviously the series is going to suffer from, you know, the, the, this like weird syndrome where like all the side characters are going to get Get, I guess, for lack of a better word, sidelined, <laughs> and uh, a lot of them, you know, are going to go from having a lot to do in the story to having almost nothing to do at all. But you know, like uh, Bulma is one of those weird characters where, like, you know, she's kind of important because you know she was there from the start, and I still think that's important. Yeah, and I mean, jokingly or non-jokingly, no matter which way you take it, I mean, there would be. I've heard the theory, and I kind of believe in it that there would be no Dragon Ball without Bulma. I mean, not really, because, like, Bulma is the one who tells Goku about the Dragon Balls, and, like... Exactly. I mean, I guess if you want to nitpick, I, I wonder I wonder if, if it weren't for Bulma, because, like, you know, she's kind of, like, her family's kind of the only one, or I should, I, should, I should say she's kind of the only one really capable of, like, you know, building a radar specifically to find these said Dragon Balls. Like, I wonder... I, I, I guess I wonder if anybody else would have eventually found Goku, or if Goku uh, maybe eventually would have just... Or I, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, I, I don't think we have to think too deeply about it, because what happened, happened. But I've, I've seen people yeah. say that, yeah. where it's just... And I, and I agree, again. I mean, because otherwise, there would be no reason for Goku to leave the mountains. He would still be just there, hunting and yeah. living, a, living amongst the forest himself, if it weren't for Bulma coming in and kind of interjecting herself in his life in a way that, I mean, you could say that, I mean, he went along of his own free will too. So it's not as like she kidnapped him, but I, I do just no, like, no, that. yeah, but, but, but I, I do agree that like Bulma is kind of the one for the first kind of batch of episodes, or I guess the first arc, if you want to even say is, uh, is kind of the one driving the narrative almost. Yeah. You know, Goku was just kind of along for the ride, mostly, and just kind of does whatever she tells him to. Exactly. I mean, it is her journey, at least for the first arc, as you said, yeah. Then it's after that that Goku becomes... I mean, he's the main... He is the hero. Let's let's not, you know, take that away from him. But definitely for the first arc, he's more or less the sidekick. For all intents and purposes, it's Bulma's adventure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then after the first arc ends, then it becomes then Goku takes over the driver's seat, so to speak, and he's it's it becomes more about him and what he wants to do. Yeah, Go- Goku kind of becomes the one to to drive the narrative uh, almost exclusively. Yeah, but uh, no, I I mean I I typically agree. I I think I I think uh, just to go back to my hypothetical, like I I, I do think this first episode does does a good job of kind of again introducing our two characters and setting up what they're all about and giving us basically what is like the the goal of their journey yeah um and honestly like i'm i'm really trying to imagine a world where where i never watched dragon ball z as a kid as 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 like an eight-year-old or whatever 
uh, back in the late nineties, and uh, re- really, really trying to think about if I if I had never seen Z and I had actually started Dragon Ball from the beginning, unlike most of, most of my generation, quite honestly, um, I don't know. That's just like I want I want to see I want to see that alternate universe because like that's like the most interesting thing about. Dragon Ball fandom in, in the West is that because DBZ, you know, caught on more than the, than the original Dragon Ball that like, you know, there are there. I'm sure there are still a lot of people out there who, you know, who aren't necessarily like Dragon Ball fans. Like they're the kind of people who like remember Dragon Ball Z fondly as that show they watch as a kid. But like they never really thought about it much again after after it stopped airing on TV, you know, like. Yeah, no, I get where, I get where you're coming from with that, and I, I I just want to comment on that, that which is that's really interesting that we have this series. I mean, I'm sure, and there are other examples of it, but not to get off topic. But yeah, we have this series that technically watched in the wrong order, and that's like universally accepted. <laughs> to be fair, Toei also kind of mar- markets that in Japan the same way too, because you'll see that there hasn't been a re-release of the original Dragon Ball. Yeah, and I mean, like, we can get into possibly all the reasons why that is as we get a little further on in this arc, because I definitely have thoughts, but, like, yeah, I mean, that that's just that's just kind of accepted now, like, you know, it's it's like you said, like, kind of both here and in Japan, like, you know, whenever, when, when it comes to marketing, you know, these companies really do just kind of market Dragon Ball Z, they, they very rarely market anything, or I guess use anything before like the big final battle with Piccolo, really? Yeah, no, that and, and it's funny to me that that that's like normal for any other series that'd be sacrilegious to like say watch it from the middle, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like there are wars out there about what you know watching JoJo from part three instead of one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there, there's you know it, it, it. So it's weird to come back to Dragon Ball where it's like with JoJo. If you say, "Well, I'm just going to start with Stardust Crusaders," somebody will lynch you. <laughs> oh yeah, but with Dragon Ball Z, it's like, yeah, no, that's cool. Start with Z. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad because I I'm the one who asked the question, but in reality, I I really just cannot imagine a world where I start Dragon Ball from the beginning as as a young kid. Um, I feel I feel like I would have. I feel like knowing myself as like a, as as a kid, I feel like I would have been interested in this. I I, I feel like uh, you know with the original Dragon Ball, there's enough like good slapstick comedy to where like I I I would have I think I would have been into it because like uh, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but like I remember as a kid like uh, you know it it really took me a long time to really get acquainted to the idea of even watching like action cartoons like uh you know I guess stuff like I mean I guess that's kind of weird to say because I was in the Dragon Ball Z as a kid but I mean I don't know like I, I guess Dragon Ball Z was really one of the first things I got into that was like I quote unquote like serious or really like delved into any kind of like dr- actual drama. Which I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case for again a lot of my generation because like before then I, again like a, a lot of the, like I, I really I mostly just watch cartoons. I didn't even like anything live action. Yeah, no, that was me coming up. Like I, I mean, I get what you're trying to say. Like most of the time, I want to say there weren't. I mean, uh, well, obviously being an '80s kid, <laughs> I know that there are cartoons out there that were like action cartoons. But a lot of the stuff that I watched as a kid, and a lot of the stuff that 
was remembered back then. Or, well, I shouldn't say it that way. But a lot of stuff is more comedy focused without like overarching narratives. So you didn't yeah. get, you didn't get like stuff like Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z. I should say that like every episode was kind of segmented to tell a larger story. It's usually a wham bam, thank you ma'am type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z as a kid was definitely like the first thing I ever watched that could, that could be considered like serialized television. Yeah. Like, like that was, that was definitely not a thing. I guess after Dragon Ball Z, that wouldn't really be a thing that I was used to until I I just kind of started watching more Toonami and I just got into more action cartoons like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I I think I would I think I would have liked Dragon Ball as a kid, and I think I would have kept going, not not knowing it was technically serialized because I mean like you know the, the Dragon Ball is still telling a larger story, but it is again a lot more comedy focused, which uh, you know I think I still would have been into because man, I I gotta tell you I. Uh, th- there isn't like a lot of slapstick in this episode in particular, but I I did like a lot of the. Um, every time I watch this first episode, I think some of my favorite moments are just watching Goku just kind of fuck around in the woods. Um, <laughs> a lot of that stuff is pretty fun, and uh, I I think I I really like the moment in particular where he kind of runs into that saber tooth tiger, um, and just the uh, just 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 the way he like kind of runs on his little feet. It's 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 like one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, and accompanied by, again the the legendary Masako Nozawa, who, you know, I I still cannot believe she is voicing this character at the age of eighty something. Like it's kind of amazing. And she's like, and I love that she and she's dedicated to voicing him as long as she possibly can. I mean, I remember reading like an interview between her and Mayumi Tanaka where they were just kind of discussing. You know, Nozawa was like, if I, if, I guess it was a question presented to them, like, if Nozawa couldn't voice drag uh, Goku anymore, wouldn't Tanaka take over? And Tanaka was like, oh, no, I couldn't. I could never be what she is. And Nozawa was like, yeah, of course not. I'm going to be voicing Goku from the grave. (laughs) (laughs) So. I mean, I I believe it, honestly. So, like, yeah, it's, it, it was just really, like, it's not a thing definitely that she feels forced or compelled, like, Oh well, I've been doing Goku this long. I guess I'll keep doing it. No, she's definitely really, and she loves the character. So you know that that's really interesting to consider too. Because I, I just the fact that you had the voice actor that's been doing it this long. She's been voicing Goku almost my whole life. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 real. That's really weird to think about, honestly. Yeah, well, um, right? it, it's, but I mean, I mean but, uh, I, no, okay. go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, just to concur with what you're saying, like, I mean, I did watch Dragon Ball as a kid. Like, I wanted, I don't know how old I was exactly, because of course I hadn't seen Z. I actually can say, you know, Dragon Ball was my first Dragon Ball. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't remember how old I was. I couldn't have been more than like, I, I want to say eight or nine when I was watching it, or ten at most. And I mean, I watched and I watched, they had the whole, you know, the whole thing where it's like they run out of dubbed episodes, they start all over again. And I watched each one. I think they re, they re-ran it like four times. And I watched the first 13 all four times. So clearly I liked it. <laughs> so, and was really sad to see it where they just took it off TV one day. And it was just like, well, you know, what, what happens to Goku after that? He's, you know, he lost his, you know, lost his tail. What now? And I never got to know for years. <laughs> so 
So, like, yeah, definitely I agree with you. I, I was into it. I liked the slapstick humor and, you know, referring to the Sabretooth Tiger moment, that really did feel like a Looney Tunes moment where his eyes popped out of his skull and he fell off the thing. Like, he did the double take. He might as well have just, like, been running on air and did the thing where he's like, oh, I'm not running on anything. Mother! Kind of thing. <laughs> Goku could have pulled a great Bugs Bunny there, too. Just like, he did, it was just like, it was great. I was I was gonna say mentioning Nozawa. I I like the little I like the little noises that she makes as Goku running, where she's all like. <laughs> I the I think the last time I uh, I watched Dragon Ball with a friend, I got a really good laugh out of her because it's just like it's just like I just Nozawa was one of those people, one of those voice actors where I could just I could just listen to her make noises all day, and it just bring and it just brings a smile to my face. Like I. I, I really like it's I'm sure it goes without saying she she does a phenomenal job as Goku always. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Like the the, the her everything that she does as Goku is really just it, it goes from being cool. I mean, she can go from being cool to um, voicing Goku to being silly and all like all the sounds that Goku makes are all I just kind of wonder if those are like ad libbed or if they're in the script. I, I want to believe just that she just was like, oh, well, I can make this kid more interesting or more funny if I just made this sound here. And some sound director was like, yeah, sure, we we'll go with it. Like, I want to say that she made the Goku her own through, you know, her voice acting. I, I could I could believe that, honestly. I'm I'm sure, like, the more custom she uh, becomes to the character, she, you know, she probably felt free at some points to be like, Maybe what 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 could I do to make this character more fun and interesting? Like what what can I what can I add to the script or whatever? Like I would not be surprised. Uh, but yeah, no, the some 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 of that stuff was uh, was some of my favorite moments in this episode. In general, I think, um, and, and this is part of this is another reason why I wanted to go through all of the like animated franchise in particular because like I really feel like I like looking back i was really on this bandwagon of like man toei animation is the worst it can never do anything right which sometimes that's true um <laughs> but i mean like that that also led it to me feeling like oh well you know they're just they're just like uh, they're bad at you know their job and they're really and they're really they're like a shitty animation company which that's not really true when when Toei puts their all into into animating something, like it really shows. Like, and you know, there aren't really like any like standout moments in this episode in particular. But I really thought, like, I really thought as far as first episodes go, like this, a lot of this stuff was really well animated. You know, like, oh, I, yeah. like you know, just just like little things like Goku rolling on the giant log and like him swinging around, like. You know, it, it did make me think about how uh, um, when I was reading through the manga uh, recently, like even even as far as the first chapter goes, like there were a couple of uh, like uh, Toriyama st- uh, g- gets to show his his ability to to depict movement and in his uh, in his panel sequencing or whatnot. And, uh, you know, th- there were moments in the first chapter that I thought were like, oh, man, I really feel the weight of Goku swinging from branch to branch. And we don't really, I don't know, I, I feel like that sense of that sense of weight, like, I don't know, I feel like this is this is like a probably a weird nitpick, but like, I, I don't feel that in here. But I think that's just because like, uh, the, the sense of movement that I get from Toriyama's comics compared to how Toei animates 
you know, their characters are obviously going to be different. But I really do think, like, you know, when, when it came to Goku just kind of doing his thing, like, I, I really liked a lot of those bits. Because outside of that, I don't want to say the anime, it, like, the animation is still kind of limited, but it's not, like, stiff. You know, it's it's still better than, say, like, any Hanna-Barbera cartoon, I should say, you know? <laughs> yeah, like... One thing I want to say is, like, I think the animation holds up pretty decently. That was one thing I was impressed with watching this again. It, it holds up really well. Yeah, You know what era it's from. You know what to expect. It's an, it's still an 80s show. So you don't go in there expecting, like, a spectacle. But with the standards of today, it's very, very well handled. And very, very well, you know, and I don't have any complaints with it. Oh, me neither, I feel like no. that. I feel like I could watch this again over and over. The, I mean, the series itself, I feel like, never had any really huge hiccups. And I agree with you with the whole Toei hate thing. I feel like that. I feel like that's a rite of passage for an anime fan nowadays. You go through that era where you kind of hate Toei for a while, and then you grow up. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you realize, like, yeah, the way they have to pace some of their shows isn't ideal or great at all. But, like, their actual animation work is most of the time still pretty good yeah it's still pretty good and and of course you know to give toy a little bit of credit they too would love to pace their stuff a little differently but they can't have shows off the air i mean when they i mean a lot of times that what people don't understand is like anime is like a collaborative effort and part of that collaborative effort is the television station and the television station unfortunately has this idea that like if a show is off the air more than a few seconds that people will forget about it <laughs> so like they have to constantly run it which means of course they have to pace it in a way where especially if it's something we're running based on an ongoing manga where they have to worry about catching up to it so of course they have to change they have to do the pacing in a way where it's like okay we can't keep catch up but we can also can't take this off the air <laughs> so like I'm sure if they had their way, they would love to have, well, the current, you know, One Piece. I love that. I know that they probably would love to just have One Piece off the air for a couple of months where they can allow it to breathe a bit and then get back into it. But Fuji's like, nah, we need you to constantly have it on air. But yeah, no, the episode was technically well handled and I was very surprised with how old it is and it still holds up pretty well. Yeah, like, because, you know, uh, even when it comes to, like, you know, certain, like, shots and compositions and whatnot, like, when the episode starts, like, I really, I really like the stuff, like, uh, you have, like, a shot of, like, uh, you have a shot that kind of plays with, like, you know, lens focusing and whatnot, where it's, like, you got, you got a shot of, like, a few leaves on a tree that kind of, tr that kind of, like, when you kind of like put it in focus, you kind of see the deer, uh, kind of like behind the leaves and whatnot. Like that kind of stuff, I think is, uh, I think adds some really nice like cinematic touches to the episode. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I know what part you're talking about. Yeah, and there was like, I mean, some of the things. Sometimes it works really well. And there's like one awkward shot where like Goku and Bulma are like leaving his house, and they try the same thing, and it looks a little off. <laughs> like I did, I did notice that. But I mean, again, you know, it's. Still, that's like one minor nitpick in an otherwise very strong first episode. Like, and of course, this first episode, like one other thing with this one is, and of course, I again only only um browse the manga really fast. But one thing too is that you would think with a series like Dragon Ball that the first chapter would be this like amazing, you know, especially when you look at Jump series nowadays or Shonen series. Let me not even just limit it to Jump. Where usually the first chapter is like 
like a whole bunch of action scenes or something really big happening. But this chapter for chapter, this first episode, and I assume the first chapter of Dragon Ball really is very low key. It's, it is literally Goku is living in the forest, almost nearly runs him over. And then almost like, I could use this kid. Let's go. That That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like, I feel like without the inclusion of, like, basically everything in the second half of the episode where it's, like, Bulma and Goku on the motorcycle, they have to make a pit stop, Bulma gets kidnapped by a giant talking pterodactyl, uh, who, by the way, I, was he just waiting there? Did, did, did he just happen to walk by and be like, I'm gonna eat that girl that's peeing behind a bush? I, like... <laughs> I don't know. That's just that's just kind of some. This is kind of a weird thought I had. Like it's just it's just kind of weird that he's just like there, you know, hiding behind a bunch of bushes and trees and whatnot. And it's just, just just not a good look, <laughs> you know. I mean, I didn't think about it that way, but you have a valid point. Like I always just assume. Like I mean, obviously he's so big that I can't imagine that they didn't notice him. So it's either that. Like, he saw them and was like, oh, okay, well, what's the deal with those two kids? And then, oh, the girl's walking away from the, the kid and she looks weak. Well, I, I guess I could take advantage of this. So, like, maybe he hid and waited for her to separate from Goku. Or maybe there's a thing that Bulma walked over and he was just doing something on his own. And then they ran into each other. I, I don't know. But it isn't a good look. <laughs> You're right about that. No, it's not. Um, but, uh. Yeah, sorry. No, but I was saying that uh, basically without all that stuff, this would really just be kind of a um, this would basically serve as like a, I guess, your typical like just a couple pages of exposition, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we again, there, there's there's still some obvious like character work being done in having Goku and Bulma interact with each other and whatnot. And showing just how different the two of them are in how, like, they grew up and whatnot and what environment they were raised in. Uh, and I think that's all done very masterfully. Um, but I don't know. I I feel like if you cut out a lot of the stuff with the pterodactyl, you wouldn't have your big action scenes. Yeah. And I wonder if Toriyama added that in because it's like, oh, well, it's the first chapter. You gotta have something flashy happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I could I could imagine that maybe an editor or well, I I always hate it when people blame or I do late the editor unfairly, so I don't know. We don't know. Maybe it was a thing. We don't know. It could have been a thing with Toriyama's like I think just Goku and Bulma meetings are good enough first chapter to me, and then maybe the editor's like, hey, it's a jump manga. We need more than that. <laughs> I mean, because I because I think I think the first chapter of Dragon Ball is like thirty something pages, which I think is makes sense because it's. Obviously, Dragon Ball starts off very gag heavy. Yes, uh, and 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 even and even when it gets to the Z portions, I think like I I I think the most a chapter is in terms of page length is like fifteen or sixteen pages. Yeah, yeah. I was actually again, I was talking to somebody about that. Like it, I remember just saying again, since I don't remember the I don't remember manga at uh, the manga version of this episode i was thinking wow they're doing a lot is this actually two chapters and you confirmed that they're not but yeah i did remember telling my friend yeah it's like it's only dragon ball always had a gag page count even when it wasn't technically a gag manga anymore so that was always interesting to consider mm-hmm. but yeah no i mean like I, I i think considering this episode only covers one chapter 
a, a longer chapter, but still, like, I felt like things were paced pretty well. There was never a time where I really thought, like, the episode was slow, at least. Um, which, again, that's that's something that uh, we're probably not going to be able to say about most episodes, you know, moving forward. But we're, we're, we're just going to take it where we can. Yeah, I... I, the, I... Thinking about it, yeah, the the second the part with the pterodactyl, I mean, it didn't feel tacked on. I won't say that. It did feel like I don't want to even say that was unnecessary. It felt like it could have been its own episode if it yeah, really wanted yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's bad, and I don't even think that they should remove it or anything. But yeah, I agree with you. No, not at all. It's just I don't I don't know. It's just it's just the kind of thing that like it's just it's just the kind of thing that it fe- it feels like could have could have been another episode. Because like even there's even a moment where like they got on the motorcycle and like the the narrator chimes in and is all like and so go Boma Goku hit on in their hit on their next adventure yeah, yeah. and then like really 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 you could you could like cut the episode there and I don't think you'd really lose anything. I, in fact, I like even though I've watched it a few times, even you know. I, I watched it a few times, and even then, to myself, I was like, oh, okay, there you go, that's it. Okay, that was a fun chapter. Wait, oh, there's more. <laughs> so, like, you know, it, it, I, I would imagine that each time I kind of get fooled into thinking that, like, oh. Because normally, you know, when the narrator reads his lines, you think that that's it. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, I, I, it definitely felt, and, I mean, in a way, like I said, I can get the, the thought behind it. Because, again, now we get to see that Goku is not only... I mean, yeah, of course he got – what we saw was that he messed around with some animals. I mean, he hunts his own food. He obviously has enough strength to knock out a fish, like a huge fish with his fist. Okay, so, yeah, he's, he's kind of strong. Cool, cool. But then, like, you know, and he lifted up Bulma's car. So we, we've seen some feats of strength, which are enough for us to be like, okay, this kid's not normal. And, I mean, besides the tail, obviously. Then – and then, you know, he – he gets in a motorcycle and he like chops this pterodactyl's like, I, I mean head. Like he he actually snaps off a piece of this thing's head and everything. Like with the swing of the um Mioipo. and it's just like okay. And then that then that kind of like I feel like that is kind of the point the point of sale where like okay Goku's pretty strong. So I get the I get the reason reasoning of including that. It's just also and maybe the manga version. I guess maybe maybe. It might have been a thing that the manga version handled that a little bit better in that transition from, okay, they're on a bike, they're leaving. Oh, she's been kidnapped. I got to do something more so than the anime that made it feel like, okay, the episode's over, but actually it isn't. Yeah, that was just that was just kind of a weird way to transition into that. Um, but just talking about the pterodactyl thing, uh, I... I think my favorite shot in this episode in particular is probably the shot where... All three of them are falling out of the sky. Pterodactyl's knocked unconscious. Bulma's just flailing in the air. And Goku, right below her, is just giving the peace sign like, Yay, I did it! (laughs) I don't know, something about that frame in particular really made me laugh. I just thought that was really funny. Um... And so, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like, I, I do have at least like one or two more things I want to talk about maybe before, uh, before we, I think, I guess, stop talking about the episode. Just, just a couple things. Uh, I guess the only addition to this episode that I kind of have thoughts on would be, uh, the addition of, uh, of Pilaf and his, uh, and his gang. So that was an addition. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, because obviously in the manga we we won't be introduced to Pilaf for a little bit longer, um, and that that was 
I'll get into it more as certain scenes come up, but I think that was part of the reason why I got a little tired of watching it. the anime on my own was, uh, I don't remember liking a lot of the additional Piloth stuff. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I might be a little more okay with it on this watch through. I don't know. It might just be because I, I didn't think a lot of the actual anime scenes with him were funny. I, I like a lot, I like a lot of his manga stuff. Uh, when when he when he's actually supposed to come in, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to that when we get to those episodes. But um, it is interesting that like, because obviously in the manga they have, uh, Bulma is the one who is kind of explaining to Goku about the Dragon Balls and how they work and whatnot. Where, whereas in the anime you have uh you have Pilaf searching for a Dragon Ball it, supposedly in this in this king's tomb, which is really interesting. And you have uh, one of his henchmen, Mai, explaining to him, for, for some reason, he should already know this, but Pilaf's incompetent, and that's the joke, uh, explaining to him like how the Dragon Balls work, therefore explaining to the audience, which is interesting. Um, and honestly, like, I, I mean, I don't know. Right now, I'm, I guess I'm not opposed to the idea of having Pilaf show up early, I guess. Like, like, the concept of that doesn't really bother me so much, but I think... I don't know. I I, I kind of feel like, and this might be another nitpick, but I, I kind of feel like, because next episode, I believe, we're going to have a bit where Mai and Shu try to steal, uh, try to steal Bulma and Goku's Dragon Balls, what the, the Dragon Balls they have. And honestly, like, I think it would have been kind of, I think it would have made for a more interesting reveal for Pilaf if, like, m maybe all throughout these adventures you have just Mai and Shu kind of trying to steal their Dragon Balls and maybe kind of like build up to Pilaf's appearance that way, but that doesn't really happen. Okay, no, I, I kind of, I actually really like that idea. Like, it gives more of a reason for us to be like, okay, who are these two and why are they doing this? You know, and then Pilaf coming in later. Yeah, I, I like that idea, actually. Like, like c c considering the kind of character Pilaf is, I think giving him some mysticism only to, like, reveal what kind of incompetent leader he is and how terrible he is at everything he does, I think would have... I think that would have gone a long way and I think would have made for a good, like... I think would have made for a good, uh, good, like, reveal. Made for a pretty, pretty funny joke. Yeah. Yeah, and it would have been in line with, like, how Toriyama usually his MO, which is, you know... You have the most unassuming character being the most. It's either you have the most unassuming character being the most powerful, or you have this huge buildup just to find out that they're a nobody. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know that 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 that's very much a Toriyama thing. But I mean, it's interesting that that was an addition because I I felt like it was. I was just like, yeah, this this doesn't feel like it would have been in the manga this way. So I, I'm glad I'm glad to know that my spider sense was on the money there. <laughs> um. I mean, it's it's not like a bad addition oh, yeah, at no, all. No. I'm not I'm not saying that. It's um, you know, it was it was a choice they made, and it's not a bad choice. I'm just saying, I think, uh, I mean, c c considering uh, all throughout this first arc, we're we're gonna have Mai and Shu go after their Dragon Balls anyway. I just think it would have been a more interesting direction if they at least kept kept peel off. Uh, maybe kind of in the shadows for for an extended period of time to to lead up to some kind of reveal of who he is. I think that I don't. I, I, that's just something I was just kind of thinking about while watching the episode. I was like, huh? They like they they totally could have gone for this, uh, but it's interesting that they didn't. But uh, I don't know. 
Yeah, outside of that, uh, the only other thing I was kind of thinking throughout this first episode is, and I doubt we'll ever get it, and I, I doubt Toriyama has any interest in doing this kind of thing, but, like, I would love to see, like, a Dragon Ball anthology kind of series where, like, we get to kind of just travel with the Dragon Balls and get to see, like, who else has used them in the history of the Dragon World. I think that would be kind of neat. Oh, yeah, that would be kind of cool, actually, just to see, like, yeah, what they've seen. <laughs> you know, what... Like, no, that's... that's that. Wow. Now that you said that, now I want it. <laughs> no. But because because they, they do mention in the episode, or I think Bulma mentions in the episode, that, uh, you know, there was the story where, like, uh, a king of a certain country or nation or whatever gathered all the Dragon Balls and he wished to be king, and that's how he became king. And I I don't know. that, that That's a story I would have I would have liked to see. I think I think that could be that that could make for an interesting Dragon Ball guide in, if you will. I don't know. Yeah, no, that 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 actually now I really want that. Just an idea of like different users through the years until they got to a point where you know Goku and the others can. That that would actually be a lot of fun. And if Toriyama wanted to like write that or have instead of somebody else illustrate, I think that would be more fun than just another spinoff where they're fighting more people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I think in the manga, they explain that uh, um, Bulma kind of just throws out there that she that she just kind of found the Dragon Ball in her, uh, just like, in her attic or something. I, I need to, like, I need to double check this because I'm not sure if it's a thing I'm misremembering or not. I'm going to look that up, actually, real quick. I feel like you might be right, though, because I kind of vaguely recall her saying that. Like, she found it, like, it wasn't a thing where she was looking for Dragon Balls. She, like, accidentally happened upon one and then did the research, which is an interesting implication in and of its own, on in and of itself. It's just that she found this thing and was like, oh, what's this? And then she looked it up and was like, holy shit, <laughs> you know, I can use this. I just like that idea, too. Okay, yeah, right here. Uh, she says that she found one in her cellar. Okay. And so, yeah, just just the, and I don't I don't know how accurately that's translated or whatnot, but uh, I mean, if that's true, like that's just that's just, that, that's that's an interesting implication that like, you know, that that her family just kind of has this lying around or whatever. I don't know. It's, that's just that just makes me like, just makes me kind of think about all the possibilities of like how how this Dragon Ball ended up in Bulma's possession. Otherwise, like, how did she find out about the Dragon Balls? Like, who who told her about them? Did she find them herself? Like, it's just, just, it is just kind of interesting. Like, th these are little details that I'm interested in that I, I'm sure Toriyama is not interested in exploring at all. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, for her to find this thing in her cellar and then, you know, I can imagine her researching it and be like, oh, okay, I've seen this thing. I mean, because Dragon Balls have a pretty unique appearance, so... I, I don't think it's too far-fetched for her to say, oh, this thing's interesting. What is it? Find it out. But for her to build a radar to find these little things, like, you know, that, that would require way more, way more, like, info than just, okay, I know what they look like. So that's another thing I'd be really interested in. Or you could chalk it up to, like, you know, Bul Bulma's very smart, and she's basically the heiress to, like, the biggest tech company in the world. I don't know, just 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 a lot of really interesting like implications and like you know just a lot of different like possibilities as to like 
how she found out about these Dragon Balls and how she found out about like what their what their deal is and whatnot. Um, small, small, small little thing that I forgot to mention. I, I do. I also like the little bit where uh, where 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 Bulma pulls out her two Dragon Balls and Goku calls them two grandpas. <laughs> uh, beca- because obviously the Dragon Ball he has was given to him by his grandfather, and I just I just love the way Bulma's like oh, they're not grandpas they're Dragon Balls. <laughs> he's silly kid. <laughs> What's interesting about that too is that he's like he's aware that his grandpa died too. It's not a thing where he's like literally thinking, okay, that's my grandpa, but he still treats it like it's his grandpa. So I I, I always found that really interesting because when Bulma comes to his house. You know, he, he he remarks that yeah, my grandpa died a long time ago. But yeah, when he comes in and the dragon ball is glowing, he's like, "Whoa, his grandpa's talking!" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I I I, I kind of like that. There's that like gulf of things there between like. I mean, I think that's a good distinction too, because that that helps us know that okay, Goku's Goku's kind of naive, and he does like he doesn't know what women in cars are. That's fine. But like he's he's not dumb enough to think that the Dragon Ball is actually his grandpa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and I mean, going back to Goku's like um, naive naivete is like I remember when you know after the whole pterodactyl thing. Not to change the subject too much, but I like how you know he doesn't see Bulma at first. He's like, oh darn, I guess I didn't save her. I don't know why that just made me laugh when I watched it today. <laughs> like, oh well, you, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, yeah, that was exactly his attitude. Like, oh, jeez, guess I did save her. I mean, and it kind of plays into. I mean, not that I'm trying to make it too deep, but it kind of plays into this whole thing that you know is on the internet. Is like, is Goku a hero or just a guy that likes to fight a lot? And I mean, that kind of is a character establishing moment that he's not all that freaking out. Like, oh my god, I I think she died or. Oh no, he's just like, oh jeez. That didn't go so well. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is so interesting considering, you know, Go- Goku years and years later, when he's on Planet Namek, will be very, very conscious about, you know, just killing people left and right, you know? Yeah, it's just like it's, it's interesting to see like I, f- I guess you could chalk that up a little bit, although he's, you know, lost his memories or whatever, I guess you could chalk that up to his kind of being a Saiyan Saiyan heritage, which is just kind of like, eh, you know. The the objective here was I beat the guy. <laughs> I, I, you know, the stuff after that, like saving the girl and all of that, that's just sort of extra. <laughs> so, mm. Yeah, see, that's the kind of morality that, like, uh, Togashi would explore with Gon and Hunter Hunter. <laughs> that that like that that that's the kind of thing he would like really explore to his fullest extent, and like the actual, <laughs> the actual like ramifications of like having that kind of personality and level of morality. Yeah, I mean, truly, that's what I mean, you could take away from the fact that I mean, of course, Hunter Hunter's got lots of got Dragon Ball illusions out the wazoo. He literally mentions like Dragon Ball exists in the world of Hunter Hunter. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, if you, even if you want to put aside the obvious things of Gone being like young Goku and there being a villain who's essentially Cell, essentially. <laughs> Like, there, yeah, then he just straight up says, yeah, they're Dragon Ball assists. <laughs> so, like, that, that it's it's interesting to even think that, like, and of course, Togashi's not that far removed from Toriyama and age. Like, they were serialized. That's, that's true, around, yeah. 
they were serialized around the same time too. So it's like, it's not a thing where Togashi's like this young upstart. That's a huge dragon ball fan. It's like, I mean, which he could be, of course, I'm not trying to say he isn't, but it's just interesting. Right, but he's, he, he's not, he's not like Oda where it's like, I was reading dragon ball and jump when I was like 10 years old or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and two and everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't like, this wasn't what he grew up on. So he's he's a major fan who's also in that same generation of like because yeah I mean I want to say Yu Yu Show came around like not too obviously Dragon Ball and Yu Yu Show weren't in the magazine if they were in the magazine together it wasn't long no they were because 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 Dragon Ball started up in 1984 and Yu Yu Show literally came out around 1990 so okay so yeah so they were around each other for a little while so okay. Yeah, I, I think I I think I think Yu Yu Hakusho ran for, I th- I think Dragon Ball was in the magazine its entire run because I think it ended in like ninety three ninety four. Hmm. Okay, well, there you go. I mean, then you can you can you, you can be a fan of the greats and be one of the greats too. <laughs> yeah, because I know even like even like you know Araki of JoJo's fame. Like I remember seeing like a list of like his favorite manga and Dragon Ball was on there. So. Yeah, even the people that like worked when Toriyama was a part of Jump, you you know, still respected his craft, which is really amazing. Which is yeah, and then of course going back to Togashi too, there's a lot of allusion to Hunter in Hunter Hunter of JoJo, and in fact, you could even say that Nen is kind of like a, I won't say a, t- I'm not going to say a derivative because like Nen is way more complex, <laughs> but like you yeah. could definitely say that there are some allusions between Nen and Stans. So, but definitely, it's, it's, the the jump, the jump family is strong. (laughs) Maybe a little incestuous at times, but still strong. (laughs) You're not wrong. You're not wrong. They do, it it is, it is the serpent that eats, feeds upon itself and lives forever. (laughs) So, but yeah, like with Dragon Ball, I mean, this, but, but yeah, our feelings on the first episode is strong. It's a strong first episode. I mean, if we were to watch this thing now as children, it's likely we would have kept up with it. And, you know, technically and artistically speaking, the first episode, it wasn't a huge standout, but I don't think it really needed to be. No, yeah. I mean, like the, the actual production of the first episode, like it, it looks good. Yeah. Um, But like, I, I, f- I feel like you and I are so used to like, uh, we're you know especially anime nowadays we're kind of used to more uh, sakuga if you want to call it that yes. where it's like we're 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 kind of used to more lavishly animated things and that kind of stuff at this point especially first episodes because like I I think even mo- even anime that end up going through the shitter later usually have those first episodes that, are, that hook you because I mean obviously that's their job. It's the first episode. We're supposed to try to get you in here to watch more of this show. So we're going to put our first, our best animators on this one and everything like that. So, yeah. And I mean, even just not even talking from a standpoint of anime now versus anime then, um, just from a standpoint of just as a first episode, as even a first chapter, let me even go there. Like other than the one action, the one skirmish against the, the pterodactyl, I don't. I don't want to say nothing happens, but it's not a very action-packed first chapter. I guess this is a way to put it. You, Goku messes around with some woodland creatures. He meets a girl and he fights his pterodactyl, and you, you've got the first chapter of Dragon Ball. Yeah, I mean, basically, the fight against the pterodactyl is like the big action set piece. Yeah, exactly. Which I I think I think does its job. It's fun. Yeah, 
I definitely don't want to take away from it and say, oh, it was it wasn't very good, it wasn't very well paced, or no, I have no criticisms of it whatsoever. But again, even as a manga, putting aside anime first episode, as a manga first episode, if you look at Jump Now or any other magazine or any other shonen first chapter, usually there's even in series, even in like series that aren't action series per se. There's usually a huge, like, there's a build-up, a build-up, a build-up, then a huge reveal in the first chapter. Even for, like, romantic comedies. Well, Dragon Ball didn't really have that, per se. I mean, yeah, you get the Boy Meets Girl, you get the the set piece of why, what they're doing, and what we're gonna, we can expect from the next. But, I mean, the build-up to the pterodactyl fight was, it wasn't really, there wasn't really a build-up to it. It wasn't something we were expecting. Yeah, I mean, compared to everything else that comes after this, this is... This is just one one small adventure in a collection of many that yeah, we're gonna have. Exactly. Uh, it's kinda 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 why I titled this podcast Another Day, Another Adventure. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, it's like I'm I'm just thinking about it from like just a first chap a first chapter, first episode point of view. And yeah, it is you would think I mean and I mentioned it earlier, you would think with a, a series like Dragon Ball is with the legacy it has, you'd think that the first chapter would be this epic, you know, thing that lets us know that, okay, this is what kind of adventure, this is what kind of series you can, with the legacy that it has, this is what you can expect from it. I think, you know, from from what I've seen of people who, like, are so familiar with Dragon Ball Z that they start from the Dragon Ball from the beginning, like, I feel like that throws a lot of people off. Yeah. Because they, they just assume Dragon Ball is this, like, you know, 100% of the time, 24-7 action-heavy series that... Where sometimes characters will take a break and stare at each other and grunt for like twenty four <laughs> minutes or whatever, but like yeah, mo- most most people I think legitimately don't know about the comedic side of Dragon Ball. Like they they don't they're they're not aware of its roots. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know I, you know, I, I the only other series I could think of that has this issue probably is Yu Gi Oh, where it's like people just kind of assume it's a card game anime and nothing else. And most people don't realize that the first seven volumes of Yu-Gi-Oh! have very little to do with card games and more, I guess, satanic gambling, if you want to call it that. I don't know. Um, There really aren't that many long-running anime franchises that have this phenomena or issue. Yeah, I mean, the only one I can think of is, like, I I would say Reborn to an extent. Like, Reborn is... Yeah, I would say Reborn because, like, at least for the first, like, at least for the fourth, I, I want to say, I don't know how many volumes it was, but definitely there was a long time where it was a comedy series. And then it kind of flipped it, and then it kind of flipped into being an action series. I don't know if it was seven volumes worth, but I definitely know it was a while. Because a lot of, because I know a lot of the complaints of it was that, I mean, it wasn't really, there definitely is a set of fan that came along once the act, once the shit started hitting the fan. I still need to read Reborn. That's on my bucket list. <laughs> I would say to some extent Yu Yu Hakusho too, but Yu Yu Hakusho is much faster in that sense. Yeah, it does. It, it does end up starting as one thing and becoming something like completely different. But the change is so. I mean, I've read that Togashi meant it to be that way, and I and I and to some extent I could kind of see it. Like it does feel very much like like it was a thing that was planned and not so much something that like oh well you know you Hawk Show was dipping into TOCs and was in the bottom five for like four issues so Target's like shit let me let me throw some action in there 
it definitely felt very organic in its shift over into a action series. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I guess um, I guess we should probably start kind of wrapping up here. Overall, um, good first episode. Yeah, I agree. It was a really it was a great introduction to Dragon Ball. Whether you're not familiar with the first series or you are, I think it does give you. Just from the pacing and what's revealed in the first episode, I feel like it does give you a pretty good idea of what to expect. Even if you're, even if way down the line, it's kind of like, I wasn't expecting any of this. <laughs> I wasn't expecting us to go to Namek for like three years. <laughs> but <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I do feel like it does give you a pretty good setup of what, you know, you get the, you get the characters. They're both very likable from the start, which is something I don't think we really remarked upon too much, but yeah, Bulma, I mean, Goku, of course, in his naivety is, you know, he's a, he's a sweet kid, you know, who's just living out there doing his thing for us. I think Goku as a kid is, like, where he's at his most charming, yes. quite honestly. Um, and, I mean, I, I like adult Goku, too. Um, but, man, they're, like, uh, the, the, the more... The, ever since I actually started Dragon Ball from the beginning, as far as the manga goes, and I've actually, like, ta- I've taken in all the story at this point, like... It's just like it's it's so much fun just watching Goku just be a small cute kid just trying to be trying to do his best and be the best he can be at everything. Yeah, exactly. Where it's just like the only thing. I mean, his core character hasn't changed much, even though he gets older. But there's something about him when he's a kid that it just feels more. I don't know. I don't know a way of putting this. At this at this point, it feels kind of nostalgic. Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to put it. But I mean, and I mean, and we'll we'll probably also talk about this at length at some point too. But like, you know, I think I think a big reason why some people probably prefer this portion over to Z is because you you f- you feel like Goku is growing and like he you st- you get to see him like struggle, which is not something that you really get like a lot of in Z. That kind of like f- that that kind of fades away at some point. Yeah. It becomes more in Z. It does become more about how power, more much more powerful the villain is than it is how much weaker Goku is. You know, like yeah, it, it definitely becomes that. I mean, and it, it, to be fair, even in Dragon Ball, there is a sense of like you know Goku's gonna win, but I guess the fights take more of a centerpiece because even though you know he's going to win because one he's the protagonist and two he's so he's so bizarrely strong, there's like. I guess the fights themselves are interesting because, like, it's not always just okay. That guy punches harder, so he wins. <laughs> See, now I, I actually, I don't know. I feel like I kind of disagree a little bit because okay. the first time I read, I read the manga from the beginning. You know, I, I was so used to Goku winning that, like, you know, when he does have his losses, it was, it was like legitimately shocking. Okay, uh, and you know, it was also. It was also kind of I don't know. It was it was really shocking to see him, you know, lose those first couple of tournaments. Spoiler alert! Uh, <laughs> you know, the first time I read through those, so I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like if you watch Z and then you go to the go to the first series, you know, it's it's kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's 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 a huge contrast, you know, to what you what you usually expect. Okay, no, I I definitely think that's more than fair. Uh, that's more than fair. Like, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely agree with you on that. But yeah, yeah. So for a strong first episode, great good impressions, and I, I, 
Definitely. Again, to answer, I guess if we had to use this, a question as a centerpiece for this episode, I, I do think that as a kid, we would probably have said, eh, let's check out episode two. <laughs> I I probably would have kept watching this. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, like, this is definitely the kind of show I probably would have. I probably would have watched if we were on Cartoon Network, which is funny because I I totally did not watch any of this on Cartoon Network. But but I, I think at that point. I think at that point I just wasn't watching a lot of Cartoon Network. I know, I know there was a time where, where literally all I watched was Cartoon Network, and then after that all I watched was Nickelodeon, and then I went back to Cartoon Network. And I think that time when Dragon Ball was on TV, I was probably watching mostly Nickelodeon. Um, maybe I don't remember for sure, but I know I know I just did not watch any Dragon Ball on TV. I just really weird to think about. Because I feel like I would have been really into this, but I don't know. You, you, you think you know yourself, you know? But do you ever really know yourself? I think that's the question I want to end, end this episode on. Is, do you really? Do you ever really know yourself? <laughs> that had nothing to do with this episode, but I'll but I'll just end it there. <laughs> and so yeah, I yeah, I we we pretty much set our piece. This was a good first episode, and I I'm very excited to continue watching the rest of this however long it takes um and so yeah i think we could just end it there um i don't know uh bomber uh th- thank you for doing this with me and i can't wait to watch the rest of the show with you yeah and i can't wait to see more of it with you this is going to be more fun definitely than watching it by myself so i'm and of course watching it with watching anything with a good friend is great so oh you're my, you're my good friend too yeah um, we're buddies <laughs> Um, but I guess until next time, uh, Bomber, do you want to plug your stuff? Sure. I, I guess we, we don't know when this will come out yet, so try to, try to be as time sensitive as you can. <laughs> uh, well, right now you can catch me on at WSS Talkback on Twitter. Um, that's where my Shonen Sunday blog slash twitter is and um we've got lots of things going on there i talk about the other shonen magazine shonen sunday and basically it's my lifelong mission to show that there are things in sunday besides whatever rumiko takahashi is doing and detective conan even though most of my twitter is a lot of time detective conan (laughs) but but hey that's just the nature of the beast uh you can check out the blog at wsstalkback.blogspot.com uh, the most recent thing that we have is a review of Ping Pong by our good friend Marion. And we're looking to maybe have some more stuff soon. I actually had somebody from overseas saying that they're willing to write about French show and Sunday stuff. So, Ooh. and that's really fun. That's really exciting. <laughs> so definitely check that out. And also you can hang me, you can find me at, uh, the Demon Slayer podcast. That's Right now, I mean, since the manga's over, I'm not really sure what Baylord's going to have us do. Maybe we'll be doing volumes, but he seems to be implying that he wants to get new blood for volumes. So I don't know what that'll mean. If that'll mean new blood and Marion and I, or new blood and just him, but we'll see. And I'm on there, so definitely to get that a look-see. And at Kirobon, K-I-I-R-O-B-O-N, which really there's nothing there. You could actually live a happier life not being on that not looking at that twitter <laughs> no, no f- look if, if if you if you enjoy listening to uh listening to sakaki follow him on twitter yeah you should do it 
but follow the WSS talkback one, please. <laughs> that, that 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 one that would give me so much more validation if you did that than if you follow Kirovon, because there's really nothing there. <laughs> Look, if you if you happen to be a fan of Weekly Shonen Sunday, uh, you know, just like Sakaki, uh, go follow the talkback blog and Twitter and whatnot. We'll leave links on the show notes for people who want to follow those. Um, if you're if you're a Sunday fan, you're really missing out. And so, yeah, I guess as for me, you could follow me on Twitter at SniperKing323. Uh, I Believe it or not, I also host a few other podcasts that you could find links to over at ColtonCorner.wordpress.com. That's basically my personal blog where I have a page dedicated to uh, linking all the podcasts that I'm currently doing, including this one, uh, Manga Mavericks, and uh, anything from the SSA Podcasting Network including One Podcast Prevails and the SSAA podcast. And uh, I guess just for as where you can follow this podcast, you know, we we do have a Twitter account uh, that I have set up at uh, another DB pod. Uh, so go ahead and follow us there. And then uh, you can also email us. You know, if you have any thoughts on like uh, whatever episodes of Dragon Ball we're talking about, or if you have any thoughts on a particular episode, you know, any anything that you want us to talk about, you know, please please send us an email at anotherdbpod at gmail.com. We would love to read your emails on the show whenever we get them. And if they are for a particular episode, we'll save them for when we get to that episode. So uh, get those emails ready. Uh, and uh, I guess uh, I guess that's about it. Uh, still need to set up a website. <laughs> I'm probably going to get to that pretty soon. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just leave us a rating and review on uh, on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to this. Uh, it would really help the visibility of our show, especially since we're a new show. I would really appreciate that. Um, we're, we, sh- we should be available on, uh, at some point, you know, wherever podcasts are listened to and sold and whatnot. So uh, please go do that if you so wish. And uh, I think that's going to be about it for this episode. We really hope you guys enjoyed this, and uh, next time we're going to be covering episodes two and three. So yeah, again, starting off kind of small, but we'll probably cover more as we go on. And yeah, I guess it's time to, to head out. We'll see you guys another day for another adventure. Ooh, I like that. I just came up with that on the see, spot. There you go. This guy's creative. Look at that, look at that. But we'll, we'll definitely be here for that next adventure. We hope you will be too. It's a Ha, 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 ha.